If you take your Bibles and let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, 1 Corinthians 3, now we're going to get away from Romans uh, for a little bit. Um, Romans 12 was next. We've already done Romans 12. We did it last year about this time. In fact, I spent um, probably 15 weeks on Romans 12 alone uh, before we went back and uh, did some of the rest of the book, did the rest of the book up to 12. And um, I said, well, that's not, that's not the right order to do it in. Well, it's just the order that the Lord had me do it in, okay? But we're going to be talking about tonight, uh, you know, Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Service. You get that? Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of the Lord. So it has to do with what we're talking about. And, but this is going to suffice for chapter 12. If you, if you didn't, weren't here for chapter 12 and you'd like to hear those messages, I'd be glad to put those on, a, on CDs for you. They are on our website. You can go to uh, the, uh, the Sermon Audio website and you can find them. They are in, uh, the bulk of them are in August. Uh, I think some of them were earlier. I did uh, the first two verses. I think, think it took me a few weeks to get through there. And they were done earlier, and then we came back and did the rest of it. But you can find them under um, uh, the Book of Romans for 2022 and 23. I think it's how it's listed under there. Anyway, if you need need some help getting finding that, I'd be glad to to send you the link for it if that's what you need. But tonight we're in First Corinthians chapter number three, and I want us to begin reading verse number uh, five, and we're going to read down to verse number fifteen. Verse number 5, the Apostle Paul writes, who, he says, Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, notice this, but ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth, and he that watereth are one. Notice this. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Verse 9. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another man buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it. Now the day he's talking about is the the day uh, that we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And that's what this is referring to. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Well, let's pause there for a minute. If you're talking gold, silver, and precious stones, does fire affect that? It just purifies as all as it does. makes it better. But if, it's, if all you have is wood, hay, and stubble, it burns it up. Okay, That's, that's the difference there. Verse number 14. 
It says, if any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So it's not a judgment to see whether you go to heaven. It's just a judgment to see, if, are you going to get any rewards uh, once you're there? And in verse 13, of course, the Apostle Paul wrote that uh, we get to glory and we're going to stand before the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ and that every man's work shall be made manifest. And you ought to, ought to underline that. Every man's work should be made manifest. That word work means labor. Uh, if somebody said work's a four-letter word. Yeah, it is. Uh, too, too bad it's, a, it's a, a real, some folks consider it a real four-letter word. Uh, they, they can't get anything out of them. That word work, though, means labor or something that is done. Listen, something that is done with determination. You determine, I, I'm, I'm going to do this. And let's think about that for a moment. The work we do for the Lord will manifest how determined we were for Him. Amen? I'm going to say that again. The work we do for the Lord will manifest how determined we were for Him. The word words made manifest means to show to make apparent or to bring out into the light. In other words, what the Apostle Paul is saying is that the substance of everything that we do for the Lord will one day be made known. And that's a sobering thought, isn't it? Think about that. It's all going to... You know, we judge based on outward appearance. We, see, we can't see the heart. God sees the heart. God sees it all. And uh, he, he understands the things that uh, uh, we can and cannot do. Uh, really, n- none of us can do anything apart from Him. Amen? I need to realize that. But uh, um, many times, folks start out well to do a work for the Lord, but then at some point they fail or they even quit because they grow weary. Uh, I call it growing weary in the work. You know, they get tired of, tired of it. Or they sometimes some people don't have the determination to see it through to the end. God may have called them to do something. They'll do it for a while and say, well, you know, I've had enough of this. Yeah, but has, has God had enough of you having that? You know, that's, that's what the question needs to be. Um, Galatians 6, 9 is a good verse to help you with that. It says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Amen. Don't quit. Don't be weary in well-doing. Just continue on. Most of the time when we work for personal gain, we do so with determination. You know, we got that. We got Friday in mind. Got that paycheck coming. Of course, uh, you know, that's the way it was whenever I was working a job out in the world. You had to, that, that paycheck was, came in on Friday. And uh, sometimes you'd have a, a performance review once a year, twice a year, something like that. And you get it through that performance review and... Uh, sometimes there was a bonus. Sometimes there was an increase in pay. Sometimes there were some other things that were there. And what I'm saying is you worked for personal gain. You did it with determination. And uh, we need to work for the Lord in the same way. We need to have some determination. Now, granted, the reward, uh, there is some reward here, by the way, the, 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 the reward. The, uh, do you, do you, when you've done something good for the Lord, don't you feel good about it? <laughs> you know, I certainly do. And uh, we, of course, we know that the, the main reward is going to be 
uh, when we at, are at home with him. Again, verse 13 says, Every man's work shall be made manifest. So in, in view of all this, how should we work for the Lord? Shouldn't we want to serve the Lord in the most effective manner possible? How can we effectively work for the Lord? So let me give you a number of things from Scripture tonight. <clears throat> we're going to begin, uh, and I, I'm, I've got uh, some, some Scripture we're going to turn to and some we're not, okay? Just for sake of time. Uh, I'm going to begin with a, a passage in Colossians 3, verse 23 through 24. I've got it written down here. Uh, I'm going to read it to you, but I've got some others. I'm not going to have you flipping all over the, the Scripture uh, for, to, to, to see all four of these. I'm just going to quote them to you. But Colossians 3 would be a good one for you to mark, verse 23 and 24. It says, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. So understand that when we, when we got saved... Our whole life is about serving the Lord. Everything. I mean, even your secular life is about serving the Lord now and, and, and manifesting the Lord in your life and giving honor and glory to Him and being a, a good testimony of a uh, uh, type worker that you ought to be. Ecclesiastes 9, verse number 10 says, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. We're, we're to, whatever we do, we're to do it with all our might. Psalm 103, verse 1. I love this verse. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Amen? Isn't that great? And the verses that come after that are wonderful too. That's a, that's a great psalm. But, uh, we need to bless the Lord with our whole being. With our life. Romans 12, verse number 11. So Paul wrote that we're not to be slothful in business. He said we're to be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. And listen, those who lack interest are ineffective in working for the Lord. Yeah? A lot of folks just don't have any interest in serving God. Well, if you don't have any interest in serving God, you're not going to do it. Plain and simple. And that's usually, that's usually where a lot of folks are at. Those who lack interest are ineffective in working for the Lord. And a second thing, those who lack fervor. In other words, they're just not, in, not into it, or they are into it, you know. Fervor is being into it. You, you put your all in there. Uh, those who lack fervor are ineffective in working for the Lord. You're just going to be half-hearted about it, you know. It's like, why bother? <laughs> give your all. Give your best for the Master. I like that song we sing, Our Best. Should have probably picked it as one of the songs tonight. But uh, I had already had them picked out. And uh, I didn't think of it until just now. But uh, I, I, song, certain songs come to my mind. And that's one. You know, Hear ye the Master's call. Give me thy best. Yeah? And uh, he, he does want our best. Those who lack interest and fervor give the impression that working for the Lord is not very important. Yeah. And if, you, if you're uh, asked to do something for the Lord and you don't have any really don't have any interest in doing it, and you don't have you don't put yourself into doing it, it, it just shows that 
you're not really wanting to do it for the Lord. We must work for the Lord with enthusiasm is what I'm saying. We need to work for the Lord with enthusiasm. Paul was one who worked with enthusiasm. That's even in the midst of great trials. When you read his writings, and I'll give you some examples later on of some of the things when you can see his attitude, but he put us all into it. You know, when he was, before he got saved, when he was persecuting the church, he was all in on that, wasn't he? And when he got saved, he was all in with the Lord. <laughs> you know, uh, he, he, uh, he was not a slouch. He was not, uh, uh, he didn't lack fervor. He didn't lack interest. He was, he was effective because of his enthusiasm for serving the Lord. So we need to work with enthusiasm. Second, the second thing, we need to work with earnest earnestness Galatians 4.18 Paul writes there he says but it's a good it is good to be zealously affected always in a good thing zealously affected always in a good thing sadly many believers live their lives without the necessary earnestness some fail to take their responsibilities to be a witness for Christ seriously but you know, every believer, every one of us has the responsibility. That responsibility has been given to us. Some fail to take their places of service in the church seriously. It doesn't matter how humble or how great our place of service may be. We just need to give it our all. We need to, we need to take it seriously and say, I'm doing this for God. Amen? I mean, if you're doing it for the preacher, that's not going to last long. But if you do it for God, if, you, if you're truly doing it for Him, then uh, that's what you need to be doing anyway. Some fail to take their stewardship responsibilities seriously. I'm talking about the giving of time, the giving of their talent, and the giving of their treasure. Uh, we're, we're to be good stewards of all that God has given to us. Realize everything you have, you have of God. Everything I have, I have of God. We got it all from Him. And He's going to hold us accountable, not just for that that we give to Him, the tithe, and He is going to hold us accountable whether we were faithful in, in our giving, but he's going, to give, he's going to hold us accountable with what we did, with what we kept. Believers who live their lives with earnestness are bound to make a difference for the Lord. Uh, let, let's take a look at a, a few things there. You're, you're, you're in 1 Corinthians 3. Look down to 1 Corinthians 4 there. Look at the first two verses. It talks about being stewards. It says, Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Listen, you, think about the gospel. That's what, the gospel is a mystery of God. I mean, yeah, it's been revealed to us, but it's, it's, it's one of the mysteries that we are, are blessed to have. And uh, you, we, are, uh, we are to be good stewards of the gospel, aren't we? Look at verse 2. Moreover, it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. What kind of stewards? Whatever steward. You know, If you're, if you're looking for somebody to, to uh, take care of your money, um, you want somebody that's going to be faithful, don't you? You don't want somebody that's going to swindle you. 
you know, you you want to to know that they have fiduciary responsibility, which is what the, what is called whenever they uh, take seriously their job. Um, uh, so we see that there. Also, look at Second Corinthians chapter four and verse one and two. And we see the Apostle Paul talking about the ministry uh, that uh, he received. Uh, um, talking about the, this is the, talking about the ministry of the gospel. Okay, and he says in verse one and two again, Second Corinthians four, verse one and two. He says, "Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, it's a ministry of the gospel, as we have received mercy, we faint not." but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. I would say that that shows that the Apostle Paul was very serious about what God had called him to do. Amen? And we need, we need to do the same. So we, we need to work with enthusiasm. We need to work with earnestness. Uh, number three things, we need to work with expectation. That's working with faith. Faith. Expectation. Some believers lack faith when working for the Lord. Uh, you take the Lord's disciples, for example. How many times did the Lord call them out for their lack of faith? You know, um, even the little phrase, O ye of little faith, you'll find it's four times in Scripture the four times reference three, one places, same place, just two different places, two different gospels. But uh, three, three times in the gospel, he was speaking to his disciples and said, "O ye of little faith." Now, if we do not expect results, chances are we won't, we won't get them. <laughs> uh, do we believe the gospel is the power of God unto salvation? Well, if we believe the Bible, we do, because that's in Romans one sixteen. The Apostle Paul wrote that. The, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Do we believe that all power is given unto Jesus? Well, we ought to because it was given, that was what Jesus said right after he gave the Great Commission. In Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, uh, he, he said at the end of that, all power is given me and in uh, heaven and in earth Go ye therefore. Amen. <laughs> and so, um, do we believe in the laws of the harvest? Um, that you're going to reap what you sow? Well, the Bible says we are. Romans 6, 9. Yeah, you're going to reap what you sow. Do we believe that the Lord is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think? Well, that's in Ephesians 3.20. Do we believe the Word of God? You ought to believe that. Do we believe that the Lord will never leave us nor forsake us and that He's our helper? Well, we ought to because that's in Hebrews 13, verse 5 and 6. So I see if we believe the Word of God, like we said, you know, if I was to ask you beforehand, do you believe the Word of God? You know, every one of us who lays our hand, yeah, I believe the Word of God. Well, I'm not asking for a response on this. I'm just saying if we truly believe, then we believe these things. Do we believe the Lord will bless our efforts? Well, we just read about it yeah, here in First um, Corinthians three and, and verse number eight. Or look at verse number eight again. Now he that planteth and he that watereth the one. And notice this: and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. 
Is the Lord going to bless our efforts? He is. Look at verse 14. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Plain and simple. Um, I, I, like, I like the way that uh, Paul put it in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. He said, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Yeah? The things that we do for the Lord, the Lord's going to reward us. We got proper attitude, and we got the we put the the labor in, and we we're, we're uh, uh, doing it for the right uh, motives for Him. Uh, then He is going to bless our efforts. Do we believe that God is faithful? Well, the Bible says He is. First Corinthians one nine. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son Jesus Christ our Lord. Called into the fellowship of His Son. That word fellowship means partner. Partnership. We're called into the partnership with His Son, Jesus Christ. Christ is at work in us in this world. That's what it means. Okay? God's faithful by whom you were called into the partnership of His Son and Jesus Christ, our Lord. Um, when we work for the Lord, we must do so with confidence in God and His Word. That's the bottom line of that. all, all of that that I just uh, told you. Uh, we must have faith. The Word of God, uh, God says what He means, He means what He says, and we just need to take Him at His Word. Amen? It takes faith to receive Christ. It takes faith to bring others to a same knowledge of Christ. It takes faith to please God, according to Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it's, it's impossible to please Him. Amen? So we need to have faith in God. So we need to work with enthusiasm, earnestness, expectation. Number four, we need to work with endurance. Now I'm going to have you turn to this one because we're going to look at it several passages uh, in 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. Look at 1 Timothy chapter number 4. So where we'll begin, 1 Timothy 4 and verse number 10. We're talking about, we're talking about our labor now. We're talking about we need to work with endurance. And uh, the Apostle Paul knew something about uh, endurance. Uh, look at verse 10. 1 Timothy 4, verse 10. He says, For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. We labor and suffer. When you suffer something, you, you endure it. You endure, you endure reproach. He suffers reproach. Look at 2 Timothy chapter number 2. 2 Timothy chapter number 2. Verse number 1 to 3. He's talking to Timothy here and encouraging him to endure. <clears throat> and he says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore, and there's that word, endure, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Look down to verse number 10. So therefore, he says, I endure all things for the elect's sake 
that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. He, he talked about there in verse number 9 how he suffers trouble. Uh, you know, and he's talking about how he endures those things. Uh, look at uh, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. Chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. <clears throat> and he's, he, he is reminding Timothy, and, and uh, he reminds him of this because Timothy did know Paul. He, he was basically uh, under, uh, under the tutorage of, of Paul. Like verse, uh, verse 10, he says, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, that takes endurance, doesn't it? Charity, patience, that takes endurance. Persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium and at Lystra. What persecutions? Here it is. What persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. The Apostle Paul endured through great trials. Chapter 4, verse number 5. He tells Timothy, he says, But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions. Now Paul could say endure afflictions because he endured afflictions. Amen. He was a good example of that. Do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. So, you know, many, ple- many believers, sadly, are looking for an easy way to serve the Lord. You know? So they fail in the Lord's work when, the, when endurance is required. When the going gets a little bit tough, well, those are not tough quit. Yeah. Um, to be effective servants of God, we must persevere. We must endure difficulties and distresses without being overcome. Um, you know, I think back, if the Lord had showed me from the beginning all that I would have to endure being a pastor, I probably would have said no. But I look back and His grace is sufficient. He got us through those times. And uh, uh, we had to persevere through some trials and a couple of different times uh, in the ministry. I'm not going to get into the details of that. Uh, but I just say that the Lord is faithful. And He got us through that. Um, but I know I have, I have some friends who are no longer in the ministry because the, the, um, the endurance that was required, they fell by the wayside. Uh, they weren't willing to endure. Um, and then the last thing I want you to see tonight is we need to work with enjoyment. Work with enjoyment. Listen, those who work grudgingly are mostly ineffective in what they do. And if we have a bad attitude and we're just griping and complaining about what we got to do for the Lord, uh, that, that just, that's just not right. If we fail to display the joy of the Lord... Um, Nehemiah said in Nehemiah 8 verse 10 the joy of the Lord is your strength now listen if you're going to if you're going to do something for the Lord to have the strength to do it you need to do it with joy the joy is going to be that that strengthens you um, the apostle Paul wrote Philippians 3 1 that says rejoice in the Lord and then Philippians 4 4 in the same epistle he wrote rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice and he wrote that while being in prison. Not a fancy prison with air conditioning and 
uh, color TV and whatever. No, he 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 was uh, he was in some bad places. He just really was. He wrote, "Rejoice in the Lord." He knew what it was to rejoice in the Lord. Working happily brings results. One specific uh, example from Paul's life was when he was ministering with Silas in Acts 16 verse 25. Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. Think about that. Now, they could have had a pity party right there being locked up, being chained, but they didn't do that. They could have lashed out at their accusers. They didn't do that. They chose to sing and pray and witness. What was the result? Remember? The Philippian jailer came to know the Lord and all of his family. Yeah. And that came from them not losing their joy in the midst of suffering and trials, but being joyful in the Lord. Let me ask you tonight, are you saved? Listen, if you're trying to work for the Lord, but you're not born again, that's the root of your problem. You need to get saved, and you can have the possibility of working effectively for the Lord. But if you are saved, let me ask ask you this question. What are you doing for God? Every child of God has a responsibility to do something for God. Now, I don't have to see it. Okay? But you know whether or not you're doing something for God. The matter is not to be seen. The matter is to be doing something that God's told you to do. And the Lord has left us here for a purpose. Would you agree with that? The Lord's left us here for a purpose. Now, if He didn't leave us here for a purpose, why didn't He just go home? Go ahead and take us home. I think He would have. But... uh, he left us here, and the per- that purpose is for us to glorify Him by doing something for Him. We glorify Him in our body and in our spirit, which are God's. Oh, that's Scripture, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. God, we have the Holy Spirit living inside, and we're to glorify God. We're, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we're to glorify God in our body and in our spirit, which are God's. Let's turn to one last passage and we'll be done. Look at John's Gospel chapter number 4. John's Gospel chapter number 4. And uh, let's look at uh, verse 35 through 38. Well, let's back up to verse 34. And notice Jesus, who is our, uh, our example. Okay? Uh, Peter says that. He, that uh, Christ is our example of what we ought to be. And uh, verse 34, Jesus said unto, he's talking to his disciples here, he said unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. He's talking about his heavenly father. And to finish his work. Well, if we are part of Christ, and we are, that those of us that are saved, we are in him, what should our will be? Hmm. What should our meat be? Our, our meat ought to be to, to do the will of Him that, that's sent us because of our being in Christ and to finish His work. He says, verse 35, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, look up, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are, are white already to harvest. 
He that reapeth receiveth wages. Gets back to God's, God's going to reward. Amen. He that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and you are entered into their labors. Uh, so uh, the Lord wants us to work uh, for Him, and He wants us to work uh, effectively for Him. If you are doing something for the Lord, are you being effective in your work for Him? Are you doing it with enthusiasm? Are you doing it with earnestness? Are you doing it with expectation, with faith? Are you doing it with endurance? Or are you about to quit? Are you working with joy, enjoyment? Joy in the Lord, amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you tonight for these truths in Scripture. And Lord, help us in our Christian walk. Help us to be pleasing unto you. Lord, these principles, scriptural principles tonight, we need to... to uh, meditate on them, think about them, and Lord, uh, ask you to actualize them in our walk and in our life. Help us, Lord. Uh, we need your help. We need your empowerment to, to do what you called us to do. And Lord, we also need uh, uh, your, um, uh, your help in sticking to it, enduring. Let's help us with these things, we pray in Jesus' name. Well, we're going to play hymn of invitation.